Pastor Podcast, where we talk about the intersection between faith and culture. I'm your host, Byron. Josiah's not here today. Um, as we talked about a couple weeks ago for our COVID conversations, we want to have two old guests come back on the show, and only one of us interviewing them, so there's not too many people messing it all up, like me. So, today, <laughs> I have... out of state, too. This is true. That's true. Also, weirdly enough for us, I'm in the same room as the people I'm interviewing, which is... Never happened for me on this podcast. <laughs> so this is a little different. Da, so, da. <laughs> so before we get started, though, we do have um, some ads. So we're going to give a second let Josiah actually be on the podcast, kind of. Okay, so today on the podcast, again, we have Ryan Alba. Hello. Who was on the first season for our podcast. And then Trevor Cherryholm. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't use my middle name. I know. I almost did. I really almost did. So Trevor was on our podcast for the second season. And so they're both good friends of mine. I'm glad they're back on the show. Um, And so like we've been doing with the COVID conversations, the main thing we're asking people is, 2020, am I right? (laughs) So obviously it was a weird year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Pandemic. So I guess we'll start. Let's start with Ryan. Yeah, <laughs> something happened this year. It's kind of a big deal. So much just happened. Um, so before we really get into that, I guess Ryan, I do want to ask you. So the first time you're on the show, uh-huh. we talked about how millennial, how millennial you are. Yeah. Do you remember what we what we came down on that game? No, I honestly don't. No clue. I I don't remember at all. I like I I I'm, I like avocado. I don't put it on everything. I drink coffee sometimes. <laughs> If I recall, I think you were kind of in the middle, too. Kind of yeah. like, there's some things that are definitely and other things that are not yeah. that should be. I'm an older millennial, so I just, I just put it up to that. Yeah. Fair enough. Works. It works. Trevor, welcome back. It's good to be back. It's good yeah. to have you here in Ryan's house. <laughs> thanks, for, thanks for having me here right. so you can be here. That's right. Uh, Trevor, do you remember how millennial you were? What your street cred is? Probably because of my wife, yes. She is a avocado snob, a connoisseur. I apologize if there's a sommelier of avocados. She it might be that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, and I am a coffee snob, so I remember. I do remember talking about how I just had received like my uh, Chemex on the last oh, on the last right. podcast, yeah. and like I'm learning that. Um, yeah, I'm I like, don't even know what that means, by the way. It's yeah. like a chemistry <laughs> set for coffee. coffee. It's so good. So, well, I mean, not really. I mean, it's good. It's just pour over coffee. <laughs> it's sorcery. That's what it is. But I have, super fancy I, I love it more, but I haven't gotten to the point where like I weigh things yet. So uh, just because I have a toddler now and it's... You don't bust up the, the scale every morning? No. Like, it, are you sure kidding me? No, I, I do it. I still make pour over, but it's like... I do not have time <laughs> to weigh the grams that I'm putting into this yeah. cup of coffee. Yeah. So yeah, I'm not, there. Not but exactly a Walter White situation. No, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, I know there are people, like on the last episode, I can't remember his name, 
Um, Hunter? Yeah, he, he, is, he is like that. From what I understand. Yeah. Yeah, he's pretty into it so, too. Respect, respect. So, alright. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so you brought up that you have a child, Ryan, yeah. you have two children. I, They're two. all young. Yeah. Um, so, a pandemic. Yeah. With small children could possibly affect your personal life and what's going on. So um, I guess I guess we'll go with Ryan first. Yeah. Crazy year. Yeah. What no, happened? It was it was really hard. Um, my just like so first of all when like everything happened like when like stuff started shutting down and everything like that I was on vacation. Yeah. You oh, <laughs> remember right. that? Yeah. First time me, me, right. Megan and I had been on vacation like a real <laughs> vacation a really long time. And the world broke. <laughs> <laughs> so, it was, so it's your fault. And it wasn't like we were in New York or like Miami or something like that, like where we could like rent a car if we had to. No, we were in Hawaii. <laughs> and so like if we couldn't get on a plane, we weren't coming back. Um, yeah, actually the day after we got back, my mom, who had come and watched after our kids, uh, she had like four flights canceled in the same day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we that got out crazy. just in time, uh, but yeah. So like, not even like considering that. Like, just we had some like our our schedule is just built around who's watching our kids. Like, uh, we would go to the gym and we would drop them off in the in the childcare center. We would go to church and take them to the nursery. We would uh, my my wife would go to mops and she would drop them off at their childcare. You know everything we did was built around who's watching our kids and even like in Arizona in the summer where it's super hot out like we would go to the mall and like they have a little play place and like, it's air conditioned inside and like everything just changed it was really hard it was a tough year for us for sure mm-hmm. feel that let's go ahead Trevor what about you to this personal life yeah. 2020 well I, changed? I mean think that I remember that we had a we had a meeting an AZNYI meeting and we're all like, where's Ryan? And they're like, oh, he's in Hawaii. Oh, great, sounds good. And the week, the week after, Ryan's like, what'd I miss? And they're like, the world shut down. Yeah. Like, what? He was so out of the loop. It was hilarious. Yeah, we... Oh, we I, I had heard that Tom Hanks had gotten there. This is true. Yeah, that, that, that's, when, yeah, that's when everybody started freaking out. Yeah, we were... We flew back from Ohio, me and our district presidents. We were at LC, the leadership conference, and... We flew back the day they closed all the schools down there, and that's when, it, for us, it was so real. We had to shut down like our immediate event that was coming up. But yeah, our our son, he's almost two now, and so basically the entire he he turned one in April, and basically from one to two, he's lived this pandemic life of we didn't go out. Like we've just started going to the park within yeah. the last week, and at the, by the park, I mean like our neighborhood park where most of the neighbors know each other. We're you know communicating, and you know. We all socially distant around the edges, and the kids, they already, <laughs> they already are snotty and everything already, you know. <laughs> but, yeah, it, it, it was interesting. The first couple months of the, like, shutdown, I probably, I tried to do a ton of streaming stuff, but, um, yeah, I, I could not get a lot of work done. It was me being dad all day with two dogs, and then rolling, trying to get to the next thing, or you know trying to cook dinner my wife works in healthcare, and so like byron you know <laughs> he'd be home probably with the kids she'd come home oh look what i did today wait give me 10 minutes i just got back from the hospital yeah. like no babe trust me like this is so important listen to this podcast 
Um, yeah, no, it, it's 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 been interesting. We survived. We were we were able to do okay, but it definitely put, gave me the understanding of how much I missed from before. You don't realize we take for granted before it's oh. before it's gone. Yeah, yeah. My and my family all got it except for me. So it was nuts. Like, and I don't know how. I mean, by the grace of God, I guess yeah. so. Or Either just, that or I was you're just asymptomatic. asymptomatic. <laughs> yeah. Maybe uh, that's impossible. Yeah. yeah, I never. I, I tested negative four times, like within the course Jeez. of like two weeks. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure I never got it, but yeah. What else? So we t- uh, when Josiah and I first had our first episode about this, we talked about because his wife's a nurse. So you have that. Your wife works in a hospital. What's how, how's that different than maybe how Ryan and I lived out this whole pandemic? Definitely for the first half of it, it was like the strip down station in the garage, right to the laundry, everything went. And <coughs> like, it was hard for my wife more than anyone because she would come in and Carson's like, mom, like, he only knows three words, mom, dad, and no. And, <laughs> and it was either, you know, mom, he would, you know, she'd walk away needing to go take a shower, clean up. And, you know, he would throw the fit and she felt bad about that. And it's just this idea of at, at that point, you know, back March to June, we had no idea what this was or what it could do. Yeah. You know, kids so young as a year old were like, if we get him sick and then we have to go to the hospital, we can't even be in the room with him. Yeah. I mean, it was it was pretty terrifying at first, and you know, we got to the point probably this Christmas where it was just like, we've done really well, we've been really healthy, we're going to continue to socially distant, wear masks, and be smart, but at the same time. Like our kid needs to be socializing. Our, he needs to yeah. have it some because we don't have kids. We, don't have, we thought for the longest time Carson believed he was a dog because <laughs> he had two dogs for the first whole year and a half of his life. So he he crawled on all fours for a long time. He barked for a long time, <laughs> and we were we were certain that he probably thought he was the third pupper. But now now he says a little bit more words, but still not speaking. Well, progress, yeah. <laughs> progress, exactly. And then Ryan, maybe I need to ask Megan instead, but your wife stays at home right now with two toddlers, or they're still toddlers, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know how ah. kids work. I don't have any. Um, <laughs> I don't know when those things change. You know, so preschool, I know because nobody like, knows. It's, yeah, it's, it's a just, mystery. It's but I mean, going from you know being a stay-at-home mom with two kids who are kind of rambunctious and got a lot going yeah. on, to now you're really a stay-at-home mom because yeah. you're stuck. Yeah. Well, it was. Um, yeah, I mean, she. I think she had no problem telling you that she had a really tough year. Um, in addition to finding out, you know, you know, in addition to being stuck at home, she, you know, when she got COVID, like we, uh, not, not, I'll back up, but like a couple months after COVID started in March, found out that my father-in-law had cancer, and then when she had can, when she had COVID, we found out that it had spread to his liver which was horrible news. Um, and so much so to the point where um, now uh, my wife and kids are living in Missouri to be closer to my father-in-law because honestly we just don't know how much longer he's going to have. And, I mean, we're praying for a miracle, obviously, but um, you know, we just want to make sure that you know, Megan has as much time with her dad as possible and the kids hopefully can have some good memories of, of them um, spending time together. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and, and so, yeah, basically, she's living with her sister and her sister's two kids, and they're basically co-parenting. They're trying to, like, quarantine because her dad's still doing chemo, so they're trying to really 
be very careful. Um, I think I think her mom and dad are supposed to get um, vaccines pretty soon. I don't know for sure, but but basically, my she told me the other day, like, because I was talking about maybe come out and visit them in the next you know couple weeks or or month or two, and she said like basically like until they get vaccinated, I probably shouldn't even come out because I'd have to wear a mask nonstop and. Yeah, you couldn't even be with your own kids and your wife. Which, yeah. yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, there's been a lot of people I've known who have been sick with certain, you know, long-term illnesses or, unfortunately, cancers come up with multiple people and things were more sudden, but people having to be cautious because of that anyway, and then now you have a pandemic. Yeah. And that can just really, it makes it hard to see family and be with those people that you love. And if you go to the hospital, no one can go in with you, you yeah. know. Yeah. To go into the ER by yourself, and it's just well, that was wild this year. We had so many people at church go to the hospital, and I couldn't make one hospital visit. Yeah. It wasn't until like November <clears throat> this last year that we were able actually to start seeing like clergy was able to start going to the hospital again. I mean, we did many phone calls, but yeah. it's just not the same of being able to hold someone's hand <clears throat> and pray with them. Yeah, well, I mean, even then, it's like it was like December when it started, the cases started going up again, yeah, so it was like, huge spikes yeah. here, and like. For the first couple of weeks in January, like Arizona was the hot spot in the world. In the world. Yeah. The worst <laughs> first place to in the world. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that was awful. Well, so that actually is a good transition, though. Um, <coughs> so you're both, you. Uh, so when you were on our podcast the first time, mm-hmm. um, Ryan, where were you at? What were you doing? Uh, well, I was and still am. I'm an associate youth pastor um, at Mesa First Church of Nazarene here in Mesa. Um, I'm. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about what's going on in that. But yeah, uh, that's where I was. That's where I am right now. But things are changing. As okay. We'll say. So during a pandemic, you well, so I'll just, I'll jump to Trevor actually first. Yeah. Where were you when you were first in the podcast? So I was at Tempe, and to clarify for anyone listening, I was the youth pastor since <laughs> in the episode, it was that back and forth of my youth pastor and my social pastor. I'm not sure. To clarify, I was the youth pastor. And Apparently, just, I'll was, leave it at that. That was our fault. <laughs> Josiah, I didn't do any apologies this episode, but we have one from last year. We need to <laughs> it was apologize. Two years ago. Was two years ago. Yeah. Uh, I need to apologize uh, for a dumb joke that we made that confused some people and was confusing for yeah, Trevor's it, life. It's all right. It's I didn't right. know about it until like last week, yeah. but so we're we're sorry that we did that. <laughs> our okay. bad. It's um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I was I was I was a youth pastor there, and I used the past tense because I am no longer employed there. But yeah, and we'll uh, jump into that a little bit more. Yeah, what's coming but that was about. literally December thirty first was my last day, twenty twenty. So I was there through the pandemic. Um, it was wild. This this last year was wild. So as um, youth pastors, how do you be a youth pastor during a pandemic? What's that look like? <laughs> You've played Among Us. Have you ever played? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've talked to a lot of people like, well, I play a lot of video games online because it's the best way for me to connect with my kids. Um, yeah, Among Us blew yeah. up. So yeah. I, know, I know several youth pastors who said, I play Among Us a lot with our kids. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what does that look like? Ryan, what, how did that change? So, I mean, obviously oh, yeah. major events got canceled. Yeah. yeah. You're not doing camps. You're not doing, like, all kinds yeah. of stuff got canceled. So how do you do ministry with teenagers during a pandemic? It's been rough. Um, I made no youth calendar this year, which was Jeez. weird. Like, it's kind of so, nice. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I didn't even think about that because yeah. I've been in so long. But yeah, yeah, what can you do? Yeah. What can you plan ahead literally, for? I <laughs> literally made no youth calendar. 
Um, we were we were online. We did we did the Zoom and the and the online version for a while. Um, the kids just really stopped showing up though. Yeah. Um, I, in fact, I actually did one a couple weeks ago because here in Mesa they were online only at the school, and I was just thinking, let's just do we'll do online only too, just until. You know, hopefully we're not helping spread germs or anything like that. And so I had two, I had two students show, show up, and like at least one of them, yeah, one of them had two brothers who were also in the youth group, and literally like were like walked in the background. I'm like, hey, I see you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, the and they even hide. And they basically just told me like, I'm on Zoom all day. Yeah. Like, I don't want to do this. Yep. Yeah. Like, I, I did buy the two kids that showed up, but I bought them Amazon gift cards because I figured they should get something for being the, the two. Whatever you can, I feel that. Um, yeah, we tried to do things like where we would like watch a, a net, where we would like play a stream of Netflix movie and we would chat. I would try to do different games, but it was just really tough. And then when we finally did start showing up, uh, doing in person again, um, like getting them to like keep their masks on is next to impossible because once again like even when they did go back to school like they're wearing masks all day and yeah. it's just been really tough um and then like we've had a couple of kids who just haven't showed up yeah. you know um and like you call them call their house and don't get any call back or it's just been really hard so but i don't know what else to say okay yeah i i'm you know on district leadership here in arizona and Basically, we came back from that leadership conference with the mindset of, like, we're canceling things. Hopefully, we can get camp going, but if not, like, we'll figure it out. And then the mindset was very, this is going to last, like, eight weeks. Yeah. Like, we're going to get through it eight weeks, and then we'll be back to normal. And so, for the first eight to ten weeks, I was hyped because I'm like, I'm going to crush this online thing. Dude, you, you did crush it for a while. I tried. I want to brag on Trevor. It's three, three solid months of 12 yeah, weeks he, or something he, like he that. Did a, he did a thing for the whole district where he would do it online. He would kind of host. He had different people speak. And he, they, they did online yeah. worship. It was, it was really good. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. I got burnt out for sure. Yeah. Because it was... That was a, I was too much. I should have had like two other people helping me. So I got a speaker every week and I had them film it and then I edited the material. I got a different worship band, which actually I ended up, I tried to get a different worship band. I ended up with two and basically just bounced off of Monta Vista and my own Tempe worship band to lead and filmed a bunch of worship songs. And so we did. I hosted this live video. It was like two hours long every single Wednesday night. We called it AZNYI Live. And I did. I, I, I'm totally a brag on myself. I... I killed it for the first three months, and then it <laughs> was like a lot of work for yeah. three well, months straight. Yeah, when you when we had that mindset of like this is going to be eight weeks long, like the ninth week came, then the tenth week, yeah. and then my wife is telling me like this is going to get worse. You know, from her meeting, she's having daily meetings, and she's texting me these horrible things of like, yeah. oh, there's like there's going to be the surge, and there's going to be so much you know death, and I'm like, oh my, like. But I'm supposed to go to camp in June. Like, you can't take camp from me. I've gone to camp every year since 04. You can't steal. And so we, I, I got, I was upset. I was mad. I got tired. And it was this, I was running out of youth pastors. So I was like, I don't want to preach every week on top of hosting and getting everything together. Yeah. And it's not that I didn't want my friends like Ryan and Sean to preach with me every time. We were all busy. Yeah. But this idea of, 
it hit that you know mid June, early July point, and I was basically okay. I'm just gonna worry about my kids because I realized though the district thing went well, we had like 100 kids for the first couple of weeks, and it you know slowly declined to about 20 by the end. Yeah. Um, my own kids weren't even showing up to the to the event. I had kids from Sierra Vista, Mesa, Monta Vista, like kids from other groups, but then my own students weren't at the event I was hosting. Yeah. And so I realized. Okay, what do I need to do to reach to my my students directly? Mm-hmm. And like Ryan, they hated Zoom. They did not ever want to get on because they were already doing digital class all day. Um, they wanted to be together, but my, my senior pastor, I think wisely, did not allow that to happen for a while. Um, there was just nothing we could do. Eventually, what we ended up learning was my wife and I would take out small groups of our kids and so we would take out sibling groups together and we'd take out really close friends that were already hanging out outside of you know things yeah. or in the same schools together so that they were already in close contact multiple times during the week. So going out with you know me and my wife going out with two of the high school girls wasn't as big a deal. We stayed masked up. We bought them coffee or ice cream or something like that. And I think that's where we found the most success was in the very small groups. But by the end of 2020, we only were able to meet once a month and there's no there's no momentum that you could build. It was literally let's hype it up as much as we can, and then all we're doing is playing games. There's no discipleship that can happen in this one hour a month that we get together. Yeah, it was brutal. It was so brutal, and it still is. Like, yeah, I, I, I it's bad maybe, but I'm glad I'm not. That's not my job right now because that's it'd be an undertaking to continue. Yeah, what the last year was. Well, I mean, I've been on this podcast before, and I've kind of aired some grievances I've had with ministry in general but like I just remember how exhausting youth ministry can be anyway and then like literally thinking about like what would I have done if I was a youth pastor during a pandemic I don't like a lot of the things you guys just said were sound like great ideas like hey that's a great way to try to get get engaged but eventually it's going to fall off because the kids are sitting at their computers all day doing zoom being told what to do and struggling. And I mean, I work at an elementary school, so it's not the same as age as your kids, but our kids, like the older kids in particular, really struggled with being on the line anyway, not having their peers around, not having someone who cares about them to teach them like in their personal life. Because it's just on a screen, it's not the same. And so I can't imagine, I mean, I know that churches are struggling anyway with like hosting worship and sermons and all that, but that's just for adults mostly too. It's like, that's not like children's yeah. ministry or youth ministry where it's just... Well, I've even had adults who basically like, let me know when I can come back. And like, they've had no right. interaction beyond... Mm-hmm. Well, and I, I talked about this in our the episode just signed, I, we're, we're the two on the, our first COVID conversation, but I mentioned that I, I stopped going to church in person, get coming on August because I work in an elementary school and I didn't want to put people at risk. I also didn't want to get it from church because the church I was going to, a lot of people weren't wearing masks anyway. Yeah. Um, and I didn't want to bring it to school because that'd be a problem. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just since then though, I also I mean I'm not I'm not checking out sermons every week from my yeah. pastor and yeah. I did watch other people preach, which was kind of cool. I had the opportunity to see friends that I I don't get to I don't live anywhere near them. Yeah. So I, I watched some of their sermons and like stuff, but like. And Josiah tried to call me out and said, oh, how many months did you watch that? I think it was like two, maybe three. But I actually hadn't watched a couple. But And my brother, I can watch my brother Will now every week if I wanted to. 
I don't. Sorry, Will. <laughs> but I could. Um, I have seen several, but yeah. I don't, you know, and I, I, I was the same way. Like, yeah. I got a lot going on. Work is just harder this year. Everything's just harder because there's just so much going on. Yeah. Trying to be smart, trying to be yeah. safe, and then that just compounds and that becomes yeah. a bigger issue. Yeah. Um, so that's just kind of crazy. Um, so then I guess the next thing, so we've, we've talked about this with other people on the podcast recently, but what's the church look like going forward then? Mm. Obviously, this has been a struggle with the pandemic. Mm-hmm. What's next? And the reason yeah. I asked you guys that is because you guys have something very particular yeah. you're doing, and it's, it's exciting. Yeah. But so I guess, uh, Ryan, you want to start? What, yeah. What do you, what's, yeah. What's going on? Well, I think going forward, like, first of all, like, I think... Okay. Uh, I think this wasn't as much a of a disruption. It was a disruption in that I think it forced the church, Big C Church, basically ten years into the future. Yeah. I think we as a church would have been much more digital, much more. Um, Honestly, it's it's not forcing us yeah. ten years in the future. Yeah. It forced us to catch up. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, like, no, we were, we're just behind. We're, we're, we're <laughs> the going anyways. So, like, this idea of, like, Sunday morning is no longer the goal. Yeah. And I and I would argue, I would even argue that I don't think Sunday morning ever should have been the goal. But for so much of the structure of the church is designed to set up a good program on Sunday morning. And don't get me wrong. Like, I think, like, I love, you know, going and hearing, you know, great worship music and hearing a good sermon and being a part of a community, like, I, I appreciate that. But this idea that, you know, everything we do in, in, in America, in the world these days, is on demand. Um, I have access to every movie that's ever been made on my television right behind my <laughs> Like, Like, you need to create, you need to, like, like, it's not like, it's, you have to create a, a sense of belonging other than this is a place that I go for, for an hour or two on Sunday morning. Right. Uh, and... So I think that's the future. I think the future is the Sunday is something that we do in addition to connecting online throughout the week, uh, being a part of small groups, uh, having service like outreach opportunities during the week and stuff like that. The, this whole idea of like, hey, like church is something I do for an hour or two on Sunday is just gone. Yeah. And I, and I think that's a good thing. I'm, I'm not mourning um, that at all. Yeah, I agree. I think that's the and and. and and Trevor, I'm gonna let Trevor kind of talk talk about like what our plans are yeah. um, here in just a minute. But uh, like we, this is where this is where the church is going, anyways. And especially in America, where we're 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 more and more living in a post-Christian world, and um, being okay with that, and just adapting to saying like the church needs to rethink of what we look like. Yeah. Well, I asked. I asked our team the other day on Facebook, um, why, why church? Why did you show up? What were the reasons? Is it the worship and the sermon? Is it, you know, what what were the reasons? And the responses were, were um, what I expected, but also um, it kind of shows you this grander scheme of the world. So I kind of posed it with this month I've taken off as like a sabbatical. And my wife and I went to brunch at First Watch, which is a great place to grab some eggs and whatnot. We waited outside for 45 minutes to get sat. And then we ate for an hour. On a Sunday? Yeah, it's on a Sunday morning at 
nine thirty, ten o'clock. By the in from my perspective, and I was very you know my whole idea in that was looking at the surrounding people. In that forty-five minutes before and the hour that we sat to eat, more people came to First Watch, which was a small, maybe two thousand square foot restaurant, quite small. More people came to that than went to most churches in America on Sunday morning in that hour and a, hour and forty-five minutes. And so we we have to begin to look at this whole different mindscape of you know Sunday mornings was the big deal and all these Christians went there but then there's this entire mission field outside of the building that we've declared as the church and it, I, when I, I was asking that question to pose like why do we why did we and it was community it was always community driven all I, I wanted to hang out with like-minded individuals people who loved me and cared about me um, yeah music was some of it yes sermon was some of it but those were never the priority but I think if we look back post 2020 or pre-2020, we, we can say see the North American focus of church was sermon and worship-driven. Yeah. This this Sunday morning spectacle. And Spectacle's a great word for it. Yes. Yeah. This, this was the big show. Yeah. It, it's funny because I hear like, things like children's church and youth groups. Like, yeah. That's like the minor. There's some, some denominations that I've worked in that even like, said, like, oh, one day you'll be a good pastor. Yeah, you'll be a real was, pastor. <laughs> what I was doing was not being a pastor because yeah. I just work with youth, yeah. you know? Yeah. It's just funny how that, that's, that's well, the big show. It's, it's the real thing, the thing that matters. What's funny, to, you know, what Ryan said, you know, pulling us into the future, you know, really bringing us to the present, yeah. was we, both Ryan and I, became streaming masters during this time. We built streaming, yeah. streaming rigs for our entire church from the ground up yeah. because neither of our churches were running anything. Like, we were running a cell phone, like iPhone camera from the top of the balcony. Couldn't see what yeah. was happening on stage. Um, but we both, you know, built up this whole thing to continue to prop up the spectacle of church that we understood it as because it was the only way we understood church. Mm-hmm. It was the only way that we could do it. And I remember having conversations with not just not just my leadership, but pastors across the district of like, this is what I went to school for, to preach. Like, this is what I do. And yes, you do pastoral things during the week. And yes, there's care and all of that. But like we invest most of our time into writing the sermon and then preparing it and preaching it and once Sundays were stripped from us our it was like our identity was yeah. like oh I guess being a Christian is more than just showing up on Sunday morning yeah. for my seat that I carved my name into mm-hmm. and <laughs> that yeah. that's that's true it was, tr- it was, it was <laughs> yeah it was maybe one of our friends kids I'm not gonna naming names <laughs> yeah so I mean all that to say uh, the reason why Trevor left his position at the end of December, the reason why I'm preparing to leave my position, I kind of alluded to that earlier, is that uh, we're planning a church. Yeah. We're, we're planning a church this year, 2021. Um, we've been planning it for... What's weird is... Like almost a year and a half. Yeah, we, we're today, the day we're recording, I'm not sure when this goes out, so it's the 5th. Yeah. Um, our original plan was to launch it in two days. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. <laughs> that's kind of weird. Th- I keep saying that over and over again. Like <laughs> once the seventh comes, it'll, it'll like I'll stop. But yeah, Super Bowl Sunday. Right? We we did a lot of prep and in all of this to plant a church through a pandemic, mm-hmm. and of course we've had to change and modify. But yeah, Ryan and I we are planting what is now known. We're official. We're official Nazarene, like doing business as. Yeah. Um, the table, a house church network, yeah. or 
per the legal standing, we're the table Nazarene, I guess. That's that's what we had to put on there. Um, we, we, we like the Nazarene church. That's not, that's not a dig. <laughs> yeah. But we're, this model that we're doing, we're, we're, we're planning a house church network, and this idea of we, 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 want to, we see the importance of the body, obviously, of coming together, being the church, but this, we, what we, what, I mean, we could tell you the whole, we can talk for hours about this, but to kind of sum it up, when Trevor and I started dreaming about what would happen if we planted a church, we just kept coming back to community, yeah. discipleship, accountability, this idea that smaller can be better. Yeah. And, and smaller also, can be bigger. Yeah. And then also this idea that buildings are great. We have nothing against buildings. I, I live in a building. I know lots of buildings. <laughs> Um, but this idea that a lot of churches just get, they get weighed down by buildings. Yeah. They, they become, they become, um, what's the word? I'm looking for? Balls and chains. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're, uh, they're, they're not assets anymore. Yeah. You know, yeah. they're, they become things that you just sink money into constantly. And then they just sit there six days a week. Yeah. Well, even just, the time. you think about it like 30 years ago, which is only the nineties, like. Wow. That's a pill. That's a pill to swallow. Um, 30 years ago, that's when church was still happening in the building every day. You know, Sundays you had church. Sunday nights you had Sunday night church. Mondays was mops. Tuesdays was, you know, college. Wednesdays with youth and children's. Thursdays was, you know, the men's whatever. It was like, felt like, it, at least in the churches I grew up in, the churches yeah. I went to, it was. And it, I feel like it was the year after I graduated, or maybe 2012. So I graduated in 2010. I'm a youngin, I know. <laughs> but about 2011, 2012 is really when I started to see the switch. And I know that was happening before then, obviously. But it was an intentional part of my life that I didn't do go to practices on Wednesdays for sports. I went to church, and yeah. we did things that were very intentional, but... Oh, wow, you were more Christian than us. We just skipped, <laughs> we skipped Wednesday night church during football my, season. My, uh, my, my grandfather was a district superintendent. <laughs> oh, so I know, that's true. I have a lot to maintain here. I forgot your, your Nazarene <laughs> I'm royalty. I'm Nazarene royalty over that's here. That's right, I forgot. I, I, I don't oh, know how. I forgot to pay my allegiance. No, I'm a bad Nazarene. No, but it was after that, and maybe it was a culture shift with my parents, but it wasn't as much as a priority for my younger siblings and yeah. for their friends. And it became this, like, fight between, okay, well, yeah, we have youth group, and, like, it's fine. Like, youth group's fine. We don't do finger rockets anymore because of, like, the lawyer or whatever. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, you know, you had dance, band. I was in show choir, and even that we were doing, like, in the wintertime, we, I remember my choir doing, like, 24 shows in December. Like sometimes Jeez. two two to three shows a day where we go to like these retirement centers yeah. during the day and we'd have an evening concert for like the, you know, the city council or something. I don't know. It was wild. And there was just this com competition of, well, like we'll go to church on Sundays. Like it became the spectacle yeah. of this is yeah. when it happened. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing is that we, we just... We, so, so that was when everything was in the building. Yeah. And now everything, like... People are busy nonstop, and not to say that you know that's okay. I don't think. I, I think honestly, we, we need to learn how to say no more mm -hmm. as a culture. Mm -hmm. Learn how to slow down and not look at our phones all the time. But this I idea of laptops and phones. <laughs> <laughs> this idea that well, you know, you could either 
you can either fight that and just say back in my day, yeah, or you can say you know you know you can talk about the good old days, but guess what? Unless you invent a time machine, the good old days aren't coming back. Yeah, you know. So instead of saying like why can't things be the way they used to be, I what we really want to say is like well we need to think of new ways to be the church today. Yeah. Uh, that, that, that's kind of a lot of the vision that we have a, a, around the, the table. Yeah. Uh, one of our values for the table is that we want to experiment. We yeah. want to try new things. Be the Basically, uh, the church sucks at R and D. You know, there's there's not there's there's not very much incentive to try new things mm-hmm. in traditional churches. And it's like we want to be in places where we can like where we can feel that freedom to like be like we're going to make mistakes and we're going to try things that fail. And just being okay, like, okay, well, that didn't work. Let's go on to the next thing. And maybe we'll get one that, that, that does work. So it's something that I find interesting in ministry. When I was a pastor, I would talk to people who were like, I want to do this new thing. Like, I have this passion. I go, awesome, let's do that. Yeah. We're going to help. I'm going to, I'm going to be right next to you. We're going to do this thing. And when I was in Hawaii, uh, at a church in Hawaii, I had a lady come to me and say, there's a lot of homeless people who live downtown in Hilo. I want to find a way to, to help them. Yeah. So okay, well, let's figure out what they need first. So she and I and a couple of people from the church went down. We just started talking to people who were homeless and say, "What can we do? Like, what do you need?" Yeah. And they said, "You know, it, Hawaii is very wet. It rains, especially in Hilo. It rains yeah. a lot. It's one of the rainiest cities in our country. So they need to dry clothes. They need things to store clothes in. So if they get soaking wet, they can change things like that. Yeah. So we we gathered some clothes. We got some stuff for free, and we did all the stuff. And we went downtown." And we gave it all away, and I was talking, well, even then, I was like, okay, this is what we have. We got, we had some foods and stuff, too. Like, we gave them a meal, and, and I said, what else do we need? And they're like, we need socks. Yeah. We didn't have any socks. Yeah. And they said, everybody who came was like, do you have any socks? We need socks. So I went to the store and bought as many socks as I could. I went to the, the Walmart there, and I just cleaned out, like, a huge section of socks. And we gave every single pair away. Um, and then we came back as a group, everybody who participated, and we said, okay, what went well, what didn't go well, yeah. and what did we miss? What was the thing that we missed they needed the most? And in that situation, it was socks. Yeah. Homeless people need socks, by the way. If you want to do a homeless ministry, bring socks. <laughs> Lots of socks. Amen. Anywhere you are, they need socks. Um, but, like, we did a debrief, and we yeah. sat down in our church, and I said, what are we good at, what did we do terribly, and how do we close that gap? Yeah. And it wasn't a, that didn't go well. The first time, it did not go well. Yeah. So we did terrible. Okay, how do we get better? It's yeah. not a, it didn't work, so we're just going to quit because we don't know what we're doing. Yeah. I reached out to other people who, I, I reached out to shelters, not in Hawaii. There wasn't one really in our area. Yeah. But I did, I reached out to shelters in LA. I know that long term, like people have been in shelters forever in LA. I've been to one of them on a mission trip in high school. Yeah. I called them. I just cold called them. I said, I need to talk to somebody. I want to know what I need to do. Yeah. So we can change and innovate and be totally yeah. different. Yeah. So with that being said, you know, we talked about buildings and all that. You guys are talking about a, a, a home church network. Mm-hmm. So let's start with that. What's, that. what's a home church? What's that look like? What's that mean? Yeah, when you're looking at you know, church, obviously our thought process, like we we're talk, just talking about is this building, this place that you go to for church. Mm-hmm. Well, we believe that church can happen within this place, this living room that we're sitting right now, right? Like, we look at scripture and it says when two or more are gathered. <laughs> like, why can't that just be church? And so taking the model of church how we know it and bringing it into the house. And maybe that looks very similar to where our model is fluid, where it can be 
prayer into a, you know, guitar led worship with the sermon. And it could be totally different where this model could have a very liturgical style where it's a, you know, read and response for worship. Or maybe it's a moment where you sit in active silence and listen for what God wants you to do. Each of each house can be individual. And what's amazing is, you know, church in the house, that's the first step, house church. But then you take it to this next step. When you look at house churches, there's house churches everywhere, but it's one and they do their thing and they do it well. Well, we have this idea, this kind of this thing that won't stop in our brains of connecting those. Mm -hmm. And so having initially our thought process for our launch is three to five separate houses meeting simultaneously that are all a part of the one banner of the table. This place of common ground where you can come regardless of who you are, where you've been, or where you're going, and know that there is food at the table for you, that there is comfort at the table for you, that there is love at the table for you, where you are, whoever you are. But then to expand that to the greater role because we also understand the need for the greater community, right? And so having these small networks of church house, houses, we don't want it to become this clique, we don't want it to become this, hey, here's me and my 12 best friends and we yeah. do church, but we don't want anyone else. No, the whole goal here is multiplication and expanding the kingdom. And so, you know, we, we've kind of built this network and the first three Sundays of our month will be focused in the house. We do church in the houses around the valley and, you know, the Valley of Phoenix, it's massive. And so the hope is... We can have a house every five miles. That'd be amazing. That's long term. But then our fourth Sundays is intentionally bringing it back to the greater community. Because as you read through scripture, you know, you see these moments in Acts where it was the believers in a home breaking bread. But then also Paul brought 3,000 people to Christ at one moment, right? And so there is those mountaintop, those huge wild times that you get to have together. And so being able to do both bringing really tight discipleship within the houses and then further expanding it to show you are not alone in this. Here is your brothers and sisters of Christianity, not just the table, but people who love you for who you are and believe in this guy, Jesus Christ, who came and died for you. And our model expands even further than that because every so often you have the fifth Sunday and we decided so often churches just do church and they just do it again. Well, what if on those fifth Sundays, it happened four or five times a year, we took our house church network and every person in it and said, go and serve your community. Yeah. Let's not pack up and go to India and build a church and pat ourselves on the back and go away. That's great. That's still going to happen regardless of what we decide to do, right? Yeah. So instead of replicating that, what can you do for your neighbor? <laughs> when Jesus says to love your neighbor right? It, it's not talking about this like metaphorical neighbor, yeah. but literally the person you live right next door to, what do they need? Maybe it sucks, right? Mm-hmm. And maybe it is the homeless people within your community. How can you love them, your neighbors, right? And so, um, you know, t- kind of breaking down the model that we understand today and taking some of the best parts of it and then kind of re reshaping some of the ways that that we understand church. You so know. showing that we talked about this earlier, you know, church became a spectacle. It's this thing on Sunday we do, and you're you're trying to do something a little, you're inverting it a little bit. You're yeah. saying, hey, church is not this one thing. Church is many things. Yeah. Yeah. It is fellowshipping. You also, it's called the table. Is there a particular reason why you chose the table? Yeah, a couple of reasons. Yeah, <laughs> yeah um, 
there's a couple reasons. First of all, it's this idea of everybody's welcome. Yeah. Um, you, you see that a lot in scripture. Um, this idea that nobody is too good. Or like the table is a place that like is an equal equalizing place in yeah. society. Yeah. You know, rich or poor, we all got to eat. So this idea that, Hey, we're all, everybody's welcome. You can come here. doesn't matter if you've never gone to church before in your life, or if you've grown up in the church, or if you've been burned or turned away from the church, um, everybody's welcome. And so that's, that's kind of the, the mindset is that we, we begin with fellowship and, and at the, and the, maybe we're, we're, we're sitting around eating tacos. <laughs> we did Brenner a couple of weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, that's so, great. So breakfast for dinner. Breakfast for dinner. So yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, maybe you're doing that, but this idea that just being like being the people of God together is an act of worship. And then also, um, you know, the act of communion, the act of, the, of taking the Eucharist at the end, every, uh, we say that we book in our, our services by the table in that we begin with fellowship around a meal and we end by, by, by the Lord's Supper. Yeah. And so it's this idea that the table is the thing that unites us through all of it. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I really like what you guys are doing. I'm excited about it. Um, I do have another question, though. Um, you guys posed this question and then answered it on, on Facebook not like, uh, <laughs> last week or a couple weeks ago. Isn't this a, a small group? <laughs> small groups get together and eat. Right, they, right, they do worship right. together. So is this a small group? What, what, what do you got? So my, my, my favorite question I've received so far, I was presenting this to our my church board initially, and one of my board members asked, is this just small groups on steroids? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, but no. And and we ended up discussing this within our core team. And Joel brought up a great point. He's a member of our core team. He's our graphic designer. He's a worship leader. Great guy. Um, but Joel had brought up. He's like, well, what what about this? We're not a small group. We're a church, obviously. And so, we're what what was what did he say exactly? We're, we're instead of being instead of being a church, church that has small groups, groups we're yeah. a collection of small groups that, that are, are a church. A church. That's not and like that. this idea of, yeah, you're right, it is small group. Because what is small group, right? Like, what is the definition of that? It's Some people have this idea of the Sunday school is a small group, right? Or this coffee shop. You just go and get coffee and you talk and it's your accountability group. Small group. Well, we're doing church and so, like Ryan said, we bookend our service with the table. We open with dinner every time. It's this inviting moment to where if you're talking to your coworker about coming to church, they're like, yeah, 10 a.m. is a little bit early for me. You know, I'm probably going to be hungover from the night before, so no thanks. Mm-hmm. And so instead of trying to figure that dilemma out, it's like, hey, you want to come over to my house for dinner? Yeah. Like, what's the catch, right? Yeah. Okay, the catch is we're also going to talk about this Jesus guy. But like that is so much more inviting, right? This, yeah. this open door, open hearts, this idea of we're having dinner. We're just come over. It's free for you. I just want to know you better. And then from that, we go into prayer and worship. And again, worship is a spectrum. It can be very guitar, you know, choir-led driven, or it can be liturgical, or it can be silent and, you know, listening for God. And then we go to a sermon where the sermon is intentionally kept short. We, one point. If you have a lot of points, all points must make the same point. One point sermon, please. Um, But to keep it short, less than 20 minutes, because we want to discuss what was just spoken. When we open the scripture and we read through 15 verses, that's great. You can try to tell me all those things. But when I have to go home alone to try to figure that out as a brand new Christian, or maybe someone who doesn't even profess to be one, 
it's probably not the best place, right? Yeah. But so in the moment, we can break it down and ask the questions, well, why did, why did this say this in Kings? And I think when we think of Kings, we can think of some of the wild verses, like the bear story. Or, uh, yeah, you know, these, these ones that they're in the Bible, right? Why? Um, but then from that discussion, then we go to communion, you know, booking it by the table. And when you do that, it, it begins to shift the understanding of church. It's so much easier to, to get into it as both a Christian and non-Christian. And if someone just shows up for dinner and hangs out with us for 10, 15 minutes into the worship and goes, you know, I'm out for now. That's a seed planted, yeah. right? That was a connection. Hopefully in that hour before, you got to know their name. Yeah. You learned a little bit about who they are. Yeah. You heard the good or the bad. Like, wherein as church, when do we get to do that? That, like, three and a half minute. Shake someone's shake hand. Someone's hand. How do we do that? Question. It's COVID. Yeah, you You're not allowed. That's something that I was thinking about, too, while you were talking. Whenever I go someplace new, I like to go to several churches and I intentionally, I'm very outgoing. I can talk. My brother Wilk says that I have, there are no strangers in this world to me, um, which is true. But when I go visit a church for the first time in a new area, I intentionally don't talk to people unless they approach me. Mm-hmm. Because I'm so good. I would just talk to anybody. But I want to see, I, I, I guess I'll say judge. That's kind of a harsh word to say. But I judge churches by how they approach new people. Yeah. People that they don't know, they have. There's no one I have a connection to. Does anybody come talk to me? Yeah. Well, that's not going to happen at a house church because they wouldn't know about it. You don't have a sign out front saying service times at this yeah. Reverend so and so. We might have a small sign. Yeah. <laughs> we well, might have I mean, a yard sign. Well, that's but, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I mean, like, but you're right. There's you, not going like, to be the banner spreading like, Oh, this right? is this, this is yeah. a, this is a Nazarene church. I used yeah. to go to Nazarene church when I was a kid, yeah. and, and wherever sin I'm from. So yeah. I'll try that church. It's, it's more intentional. Yeah. And then when people are there, hopefully, they're not sitting in the corner by themselves, not being spoken to, because that would be really awkward for oh, everyone awful. involved. They would never but, come back. No, of course not. Yeah. But So that's one thing that would be different about a house church. The other thing I was thinking of um, is the last time you were on the podcast, Trevor, we talked about hockey. Mm. So you talked about the guys that you play hockey with that didn't even know you were a pastor um, for a long time, and... Do you think those guys would be more willing to show up to the church you work at, whatever church that might be, when it's a typical Sunday morning thing, or would they show up at your house for a meal, knowing? I mean, don't don't bait and switch them, like, but you know, don't Jesus juke them, but you know, yeah. tell them, hey, this is what this is. Yeah. But where are they going to be more likely? Oh, for sure. Well, it's already it, I've already had those conversations, which is funny because that that original podcast is what kind of shifted my mindset about what I needed to do in discipling and just being who I am and not not proselytizing people but at the same time being forthright with them and I we won the championship back last summer uh we kind of we were able to do it a condensed COVID season and it was really big it was on TV it was on TV we were were the best worst hockey players in Gilbert so (laughs) the lowest division we won it so it means we're the best of the worst um but after you know we're all hanging out and they gave us a bar tab so like the drinks are flowing between the team and I'm sitting there I'm like I'm just gonna start talking about it guys I'm planting a church like I plan to probably leave my job soon and would you want to come to my house? And almost every single person I talked to that night was like, yeah, I'd come hang out with you at your house. And like, yeah, I'm not that religious, but you're like, I know you, you're cool. I know you're not going to judge me for, and I mean, they're half, you know, half faded at that point. So probably, <laughs> most of them probably don't remember the conversations. 
But um, yeah, it was seed plant that they don't remember. Yeah, but it was this absolutely. It was already this moment of I've already spoken with three different guys on the team, and they're like, "Yeah, I want to be a part of it." One of them asked to help do our video, um, and he I gave him my my hard drive. And he has the files. He hasn't done them yet. I'm looking at you right now on the camera, <laughs> uh, but he's busy. So I get it. I, I get it. Um, but. Yeah, this, it's a totally different environment, especially because it's my house. They've played with me for the last five years on this team. They know my wife. They know I've got two rowdy dogs, and they love my kid already. Like, one, one of our older guys on the team, he every time we go do a team function, like, he just takes the kid. He's like, oh, I got him. Don't worry about this. Like, we're going to hang out together. And I'm like, it's so great that, one, I can trust him to do that, but... Like he wants to, and he he he's a great he's a great dad. He's got some older kids already, and I mean, just this idea of church is already kind of happening there, even though I'm not preaching a sermon or we're doing guitar led worship or we're you know even opening the Bible. But I've had some pretty deep theological discussions with some of those guys already, and yeah, there's none of them. Well, one of them came to my my previous church. And he came for a few weeks and realized, nah, not for me, not this place. <laughs> but he's like down to come to my house here in a couple of weeks and start doing house church. And maybe they're only a once a monther. Maybe they're a once a quarter person that comes and hang out. But they know that that's always the safe place they can come to. And I hope that we can disciple well enough to where this is something that they want to do and it changes their life and they realize it and they catch what we're trying to toss, you know. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, I... I'm thinking about even my neighbor. Like, we're within this plant and this model. It's like, cool, you want to be a host house. Who are the nine people that you live around? Like, think about it, and like, maybe if you're listening right now, who are your nine neighbors? And like, above you, if you live in an apartment complex, above you, below you, around you, if you live in like a smaller neighborhood, like those who surround you. I know I don't have neighbors behind me, so I have to think kind of further out. I know three. I'm a pastor planting a church in my neighborhood, and I know three. Shame on me, right? Um, it's this, how can I be the light of the world in my neighborhood? What do I need to do? And I'm starting to realize this, and so we're looking at the neighbor on our left side, and we've connected with her really well, and I've, I've helped him over her yard, and we've shoveled three tons of rock earlier this year with her um she got she got my son gifts for christmas and then i think to my neighbor on my right i don't know them we're literally like left to right and i know one really well we exchange christmas gifts and the other i do the head nod yeah you know and so how do we as christians instead of again going to the spectacle the building I commuted 17 miles to my church. I didn't know anyone who lived next to the building that I worked at for so many years now. How can I now be the church? And I think that's something within our model is that when we talk about we're small groups that are a church, it's because literally we, the people, are the church. Yeah. Because there isn't the building to call the church any longer. I don't want my house to be called the church. It's my house. Yeah. It's this place that is safe for you to come. But... I am the church, and not for any selfish reasons other than I am just being exactly what God has called me to be. I think that was one of the major lessons of COVID, too, mm -hmm. that I just really had to get out of calling the building the church, you know, and so I'm going to the church, and I'm going, to, and, and I just, I really, like, I've, I've really tried to train myself out of saying that. 
Well, I remember uh, back when we were when your kids were still here, and we you told Paisley we're going to church. Yeah. And you came to my house because we were doing house tricks yeah. that night, and she goes. This isn't the church. This is Trevor's house. There's this like idea, of, like even in her, yeah. you know, you know, three year old mind, yeah. her understanding of the church was the building that you went yeah. to Sundays, yeah. and so this idea of changing it. We're going to church. We went to Trevor's house, and yeah. that's where she gets to play with the princess slippers because my wife still has those from when she was a kid. And yeah, yeah. She really loves <laughs> and, and hockey. She loves and hockey. hockey. Oh man, she loves playing hockey at Trevor's when house. She, when she gets back, Carson's <laughs> going to teach her a thing or two. <laughs> yeah. So I guess one other question I would have about this, well, I have a lot of questions, but we'll uh, let everybody know how they can learn more about your church, the network, everything that's going on. But what's it like to start planning a church, doing all this work, and then a pandemic happens? (laughs) Obviously, you said that you've already mentioned that changed things a little bit. You talked about the seventh being the day you were supposed to kind of, that was supposed to be the start. Yeah. And that's not happening. So what's, that's crazy. Like what? How'd that play out? Like, we've just really had to learn to just be really flexible. Yeah. Um, I mean, we we re- we went through like we, for those of you who've never planted a church or been a part of a denomination, like we had to write out essentially a business plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, we call it a ministry plan. It's about 16, 17 pages mm-hmm. of like, this is what we're gonna do. This is like like month to month breaking it out of like this is our plan. What our budget was. What our budget yeah. was. And to be responsible to say like, hey, yeah. <laughs> there you go, and we're back. Sorry, Sorry guys. <laughs> that was like straight animaniacs right there. Uh, we have fake radio DJ. Yeah, yeah we, had a little, we had a little technical difficulties, but we're back. Uh, but yeah, so we, 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 we just made a, a major change last night. We were going to do this big kickoff event. We we're going to have food. We were going to give away prizes. We were going to try to invite all the neighbors. We can't do that anymore. Yeah, COVID. So actually, you were telling me about permitting for that, too. Or like, getting, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, during COVID, like, no one's going to let you do it, especially in Arizona right now, because yeah. we're on fire still. It's yeah. getting... Well, what's funny is like she was the the lady we've been communicating with was pretty okay with like, yeah, you can do it. Like thirty two people, and we're like, yeah, okay. Well, maybe we can have a sign up and thirty two at a time. And she goes, how are you gonna like make sure that happens? Yeah. And we're like, well, we we can't. Yeah. We can't make sure. And like the thought was like, well, we can just do it, right? Like let's just say, yeah, we'll figure it out. We're only gonna invite thirty two, and we'll just do it. But like, what if more people come? And what if they come and check it out? And then we're blacklisted from using Mesa City Parks. Yeah. Let's not do that. Let's just say, hey, like, it's we'll figure. Yeah. In the future, yeah. This one. So let's <laughs> let's change this current plan to just match the current environment. Like we have to adapt. Yeah. Which that's that's been the tail of the tape for this entire plant has changing our date from, which you know, looking back all the way, you know, almost a year ago, maybe not a year ago. It was probably like May or June, right? May, I think. Oh, <laughs> it was in the you know, spring, early summer that we decided officially we're moving from February to August um, for our launch. And I remember like my leadership had already made the decision I was leaving in December 31st of that year. And so when like I said, hey, I'm not, we're not launching until August, it was like this. Well, we've already made plans. We already have your replacement. Um, so like we're still gonna go forward with that, and I'm like, well, I have seniors that are graduating that I've been with for five years, 
can I just stay till May? No, we're, we're already going a different direction. It's like, cool, we're leaving well. I support you. I, I basically gave all my material to the person who took over for me. Like I tried my best to make sure that he could be successful in taking that over. Cause like, and I didn't want to be a speed bump. I, I came on after 18 months of having that time between youth pastors and kids still compared me to the guy 18 months prior. Oh, yeah. And so I'm like, how can I do this to make sure in the middle of a pandemic, this guy is not going to be, well, you're not Trevor. Yeah. I hope not. Like we're totally different per- people. But in that we've had so many things that had to change and we had to learn to be flexible more than anything mm-hmm. because we could stay rigid and we could try to launch you know this sunday but when you think about it who wants to show up to a bunch of you know a bunch of different houses yeah. in the middle of a pandemic on super bowl sunday right or who wants to show up at one big party yeah, like that's yeah. we can't do that right like yeah, call yeah. the police that was our plan is we were gonna have a big super bowl like tailgate party we're gonna have a service and it was gonna be awesome <laughs> yeah it was maybe 2022 so, yeah that'll be an awesome service next year yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but that's like, that's just the thing is that like we, we've just had to learn and, and I, I think I want to give credit to like our district, like our district oh, leadership. Yeah. They've been really great at just saying like, yeah, like we understand that this is a plan. It's not set in stone. Yeah. They've been very, they've been very encouraging. Like, Hey, just cause you have a plan doesn't mean that things don't change. You know, that you don't get new information that, um, so we've, we've really felt that freedom to just kind of, you know, adapt and, and move as, as we've as we've had fit. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're, as of right now, we're still planning our event for April, which I don't remember what it is, but we have basically a, a, an event a month, yeah. like up leading up until August, starting in March. But I mean, odds are we're probably gonna have to adapt to that. It's a movie too. in the park. That's what it is. Yeah. Movie in the park. Maybe that one can happen. Spread enough blankets around on the park. Six feet apart. Thirty-two people. Yeah. Well, yeah. and so, I mean, I've never planned the church, but I know people who have, and in a normal situation, they always say, we had to be really flexible. And yeah. so I think you guys have, that's that's what you are. You have yeah. to be flexible. It's also even worse than normal. Well, I, so. think, I think our model provides that flexibility in that we don't have the one place, the one building that we've been trying to raise money for, or that, because... Like, if we wanted to meet in a school, we can't. City of Mesa will not let any outside organizations utilize their campuses. Yeah. Unless you were previously using it before, we can't go rent a school building. Even, uh, we, tried to contact, we tried to connect with AMC to rent a movie theater. No, yeah. they ghosted us. Like, <laughs> if we were trying to plant a traditional church, yeah. we would have to probably meet in another Nazarene church or another church that would lend us their building. We'd have to meet in a park, which works for, like, most of the the year but once you hit that may you're not meeting outside in arizona so that's what's funny like yeah. in arizona in this part of arizona it's the summer you can't meet outside yeah. everywhere else it's like oh no winter there's snow it's too cold yeah here it's like it was what 80 degrees today something like that it was beautiful today it was, it was, 72 it's, it's so, yeah february 5th and it was 80 i think it was 80. i, I came down from yeah. my prescott area and i was like oh man it feels great outside yeah. this is awesome mm-hmm. yeah i got so, I, I i got a little upset today I've, Figured, like, Arizona needs to make up its mind. Is yeah. it winter or is it not? Yeah, literally like <laughs> a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, we were in Prescott and there was over a foot and a half of snow and we come down and now like the last three days has been over 75. I'm not, compl- I, I am, we are complaining. I'm not complaining. I love it. My kid got to play outside for an hour and a half. Can't beat that. <laughs> he went to bed so hard. It was like head on the pillow out. 
But when oh. you guys left, I ended up not going to work for the next three days because we got snowed so out. Thick, yeah. We had so much snow. Yeah. Yeah, we left right at the right time. <laughs> so um, I guess I'll make the, the announcement, even though it's been on, online now for a while before this gets posted. Um, so this podcast and others like it, mainly millennials who are either pastors or in and around ministry, we're kind of bringing ourselves together to create a podcast network. And we're calling it the Millennial Pastor Podcast Network, which is... Hashtag, it's a network. Yeah. <laughs> it makes us sound a little arrogant because we're like, hey, guys, join us, but we'll use our name and just put network after it. <laughs> but uh, So it actually was announced uh, on our social media stuff today. Um, have you guys put it out yet? Yes. Put it out yeah. today? Yeah, yeah. I came okay. today, too. I and think everybody put it out today. My wife did today as well. Yeah. So it's, all, it's been posted on social media and everything, so people who listen to our podcast will already know, probably. But... Um, so we're bringing some other podcasts together. We're hoping to expand more, but right now we have three. The, the first one is this one, because, you know, it's our name and we think we're special. The Mothership. The Mothership. There you go. I like <laughs> yeah. it. I like it. The second one is a great way for people to learn more about what you guys are doing and what your endeavors. And so why don't you go tell, tell me about that real quick, yeah. what you yeah. got going on. So our podcast is called The Table, A House Church, uh, oh no, a Church, church Plant Journey. I see you don't even get it either. <laughs> I messed it up all the time. <laughs> so you get one more time, guys, please. There you go. Yeah, so uh, obviously it's us two yeah. uh, being silly, um, but the idea is that I, we've both listened to church podcasts, we've both listened to ministry podcasts, I've listened to church planning podcasts, but every single one I've listened to has been after the fact. Yeah. It's been... We planted three years ago, here's what we did. Or, hey, we, you know, I've planted five churches, here's what works, what doesn't. And so ours is kind of, it's it's half podcasts, it's half us, and it's also kind of just like a journal mm-hmm. of like us kind of going through, here's what's happening. Yeah. We, try to, we try to be pretty honest in that um, we're, we're pretty clear with, you know, here's something that we did that worked really well, here's something that we did that didn't, and just kind of, just be really open with this idea that, hey, planning a church is hard. And um, we, I mean, it's partly just for us to maybe, maybe in a, in, when, when we're, when our kids are older, we can show it to them and say, hey, this is what happened. <laughs> Look, 30 people listen to this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but also it's this idea of like, no, like I want people to be able to hear the raw, unedited, yeah. this is what it's actually like kind of in the trenches. Yeah, deal. yeah. Um, going from that, my wife is one of the other people that's joining our network. She is, uh, Dr. Rochelle Cherry Holmes, uh, though she doesn't ever, she doesn't want to go by doctor. So, um, (laughs) she's a pediatric physical therapist. She does great things with Phoenix Children's Hospital, but she started the pastor's wife, which was just the title of the podcast to start, uh, because she is a pastor's wife. She's a pastor's spouse. And the initial thought season one was let's interview pastor spouses, this kind of unsung hero of the ministry force where um, these men and women come and they do the children's ministry, they play the piano, they take care of all the stuff behind the scenes, and some of them secretly run the church. Yeah, they're, they're the secretary. <laughs> they, <laughs> so um, this idea of giving them a voice, sharing their experiences, some of their, you know, the misconceptions or maybe the, um, oh, what would the word be? Um, uh, it's like what you assume of someone. 
stereotype. Stereotype. I'm, I'm yeah, a little tired. Yeah, yeah, the stereotypes of that, and just kind of opening the door. And so she did that, and it went really well. I mean, her first season went went rock solid. She just started the second season, and is kind of expanding on that a little bit more. With she is still the pastor's wife doing the interviewing, but opening that into just ministry in general. So often we have these amazing people who do so much work and are unpaid for it, right? They are like pastors in their own right, um, but they work full-time jobs elsewhere. And then they come and they spend hours for Wednesday night for children's or their choir directors or uh, leading mops or, you know, so many different things. So there'll still be pastor spouses on the podcast, but there's also this new avenue of ministry leaders, lay members, and kind of their experience peeking behind the curtain and just expressing what ministry is for all of us. It's not just... Because so often, the pastor is the person who talks, right? They're the person on the stage who has a platform, who has the blog, who has the podcast, right? And so just giving more people a voice. And I think she's she's really passionate about that. She just started a business during the pandemic. She started a, a nonprofit called Accessible Youth Playgrounds. She's like, I'm just going to do it. We're doing everything else. Why not? I'm like, I love you. <laughs> Go for it. Um, she, and she just cares deeply about others. And she just, in, in that podcast, wanted to give other people a voice. So, yeah, um, I guess I'll give you guys a, a second if you want. Anything else you want to talk about with the, what's going on with the house or anything else you want to get off your chest? Or... I th- one of the, I, you can hear I, your viewers yeah, right here. It's, uh, uh, so I, you can tell me how terrible I'm being. I want to talk about my co-pastor for a second. So. <laughs> We've known each other a long time. <laughs> and there's something that I need to tell you. <laughs> it's a long uh, list that, of grievances. No, no I, other, uh, my big thing, so Ryan and I, we are currently on the hunt for house hosts so if you live in the phoenix east valley area and you're listening to this and the table sounded interesting hit us up at the table nas on any of our you know social medias the table nas.church is our website um we are looking for house hosts and for house pastors those are two very different uh kind of roles and within our network though they can be the same you can be a host and a pastor my wife and i are going to be doing that in our own. We're going to be hosting and pastoring through our own, in our own house. So if you want to join our team, if you live in the Phoenix area and you want to do this with us, um, again, like I said, our socials are the table NAS, our website, the table church. If you just want to learn more about this, you live like in Spokane and you're like, I want to do that where I live. Like the beauty of this is we do want to expand this. I, <laughs> maybe it's all selfish. I want to get on that like Nazarene, that that Nazarene, uh, <laughs> what is it called, magazine? Yeah. yeah, I want to get on that one day, and um, yeah. Some people have really big dreams. Real big dreams. <laughs> I think, I think, well, you forget he's Naz royalty. He wants true. to expand from Arizona to, to, the, to world. the world. Yeah. Oh shoot, that one went off again. Oh well. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, so anyway, well, thank you guys for being here. Thanks for letting me have the podcast in your house, Ryan. Yeah. I appreciate it. Um, I'm glad you guys are both back. Uh, it's been a crazy year for yeah. everybody, but yeah. I'm, I'm excited to see what's going to happen with everything that's gone with the house. Well, network and, yeah, all of it. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. Um, also, so check us out. I mean, if you want to hear more about what's going on with millennials and pastors and pastors' wives and spouses and lay people doing ministry and all this and all this craziness, um, check us out on all of our social media. We have Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all those. And then we'll also now have links to all of our other podcasts. So check those out as well. 
Um, thank you for listening, and we appreciate the support. This the support. I can't talk. It's tired. And uh, see you next time. Yeah, we'll we'll talk to you soon. And please check out our other podcast and see what's going on. <laughs>